Beautiful. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Coming to you live from the Uncle Steve Shake Studios in Stenobonstead, New Hampshire. Uh, thank you all for joining tonight. Um, like I said on last week's show, uh, it was going to be a little different. Um, obviously, it's Monday night, but it's uh, we're actually recording this on Sunday morning, our time, because of uh, our guest is out of Denmark. So eight o'clock on a Saturday on a Monday night does not work well Denmark time. So we're gonna record this. So if I don't mention you in the chat, don't feel bad. I'll catch you technically tomorrow night on the pre Houston show. But um, but yeah, I'm excited about this. This is we would try to decide nineteen twenty three and a half years now of. Um, issues and things like that and in the making if you will so we're gonna have a good time today but you know like i said coming from the uncle steve shake studios uncle steve shake has in amazing flavors uses the freshest ingredients uh from the original to the gator shake to the competition line to the dessert shake to the, the sauce with no name, if you can think of it for a profile, he has it for you. Great customer service. If you have any question needs, email, call. He's Steve's going to be the one returning your email or returning your call or taking your call, walking through, walking you through all your shake needs. Check him out at UncleSteve'sShake.com. Also, YouTube and on Facebook, Uncle Steve's Shake Nation, to keep up to date on everything going on. Shake. I know he is running around with his, like a chicken with his head cut off, sending us videos of the tents, and he's on the grounds for the Houston rodeo uh, that's popping off. On Thursday, and a bunch of us flying out on Wednesday, and he's busy, busy, busy getting it ready for the for the party. So check them out, UncleSteveShake.com. Shake some on everything. Let's get into it. I am so excited. Like I said, last time this guest joined us was October 22nd of 2019, and we talked all things bacon and everything he had coming along the line. So three and a half year delay, please welcome back <laughs> Alan Roman Ungstrup. What's yeah. up, brother? Yeah, what's up? And thank you for having me on your show. It's uh, definitely a pleasure. Oh, in a absolutely. few years, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we are here to talk about the bacon moments of happiness. Just the name alone is perfection, <laughs> Alan. Oh, well, yeah. let me do this for you. there we go. <laughs> when you said you were 
back in 19, when you said you were coming out with a bacon book, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, I expected great things because what's not to love about bacon? I agree. I but agree. when the book showed up, folks, we have 320 pages of bacon. That's correct. That's right. 320 pages of bacon. <laughs> and yeah, it's oh, I have been I've been gaining weight just reading it. <laughs> but but like I said, Alan, thank you so much for taking the time to join me again. I am so excited for you. I'm so proud of you of the you know everything that you've gone through with getting this book out to the market so let's first start in you know catching people up on you know who you are and yes. then we'll get into the you know idea of the uh book itself yeah uh i was uh, i was earlier an auditor in denmark but then uh, I had an epiphany, you can say. I uh, didn't like the bacon that we uh, had in Denmark. So I wondered if I could try to make it my own. In that, at that time, I lived in an apartment in uh, Copenhagen. That's the main capital in Denmark. And then I just tried to make some bacon. You know, you just Google and you find some recipes and it turns out pretty good. Then I say, why not? go ahead and investigate more about what bacon actually is. And uh, then I spent some time, I was still working there, uh, had a full-time job, but then I said, why not quit my job, go full Monty on uh, starting up a bacon factory where you only produce bacon and that's the only thing you do and just go totally nerd about bacon. So uh, in 2015, I quit my job and I started uh, this uh, bacon smokery uh, factory, just a small one in uh, a small town in the southern part of Denmark from my hometown. There, it was a uh, cheap rent and uh, I had the perfect location. And then I just started up. Actually, I didn't know a lot about bacon. But then when you go in and you read a lot about, you know, read about pigs, you read about the process of producing bacon. And uh, then you try a lot of things out and then you find your own way, trial and error. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, I went to the market. I didn't have any clue whatsoever how to sell the bacon, <laughs> anything. I think that would be easy, I said. But, uh, you know, I figured out that the market of bacon is really driven by consumer industrial bacon that is not uh, very expensive. Mm -hmm. And the bacon that I produced was actually pretty, pretty expensive. Uh, I took about... Uh, was it 11 12 dollars for 100 grams of bacon if you bought it when it was sliced mm -hmm. if you bought a whole uh, like two pounds 
you had to pay about, um, I have to calculate, maybe was that 75, uh, $70 or so. Oh, wow. So it was, uh, it, it was a very expensive product. Um, my go-to market was that I attended uh, food fairs, you know, where you come and show off your products mm-hmm. and people taste and buy. And I tried different uh, restaurants. I tried to get out to uh, supermarkets, uh, more high-end supermarkets. Uh, but then I thought, how do I, how do I get more attention? So uh, I made a Christmas calendar or advent calendar with uh, 10 different kinds of bacon. Oh, wow. Uh, and that went totally viral. Uh, so that gave a lot of attention and marketing for my product. Uh, and then later on, I thought, how can I do it uh, uh, more wild? Then I made a bacon calendar with 24 different kinds of bacon. And that also went viral. It was totally expensive. But I went all over Denmark to uh, try to find different kinds of pigs and uh, see uh, how all the different tastes were in those and so on. And then, you know, in those couple of years, I gained a lot of experience. And then a good friend of mine told me, why don't you uh, write a book about bacon? Then said, yeah, that would probably be easy, I thought. Eh. <laughs> it took me, you know, <laughs> it took me, that was in 2018, it took me eight months. And uh, at, at some point of the time, I just had a, a kind of a meltdown, you know, I couldn't talk, uh, I couldn't think, I was just uh, totally, and then I just went on vacation for two weeks, and then I was ready again, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then I thought it would be probably easy to sell the book. But uh, as all the different kinds of markets are, whatever product you sell, of course, there is a competition and everybody wants a piece of the cake uh, yeah. in that way. So, and I didn't know how to go to the market, but uh, I managed to sell a lot of book in Denmark. Uh, and then uh, the year after, I thought, why not go abroad to sell it to the whole world? I just need to translate it, but yeah. I didn't have any money. <laughs> so it was easy for me to say, why not go a Kickstarter? Uh, I didn't know much about a Kickstarter. I have just uh, browsed how it works. And, you know, you Google and a lot of people talk about it and on YouTube and mm-hmm. what all you need. Um, but uh, it was pretty hard to gain a lot of attention for the book on Kickstarter because Kickstarter at that point of time have become so huge that it was uh, dominated by uh, big players or people who had a name, who yeah. had a lot of followers and had a lot of uh, marketing budget. And I didn't have those things. Uh, so I, I really tried to push it through and also spend some money on getting uh, marketing and all of the book out, but it, uh, it, it failed. I only get in, I think I needed to be around 150,000 kroners. So that corresponds to about, I think it's, uh, what is that? That's about $20,000 or so. 
but it uh, I only gave about twelve thousand dollars or so in the Kickstarter campaign, so it wasn't a success. And actually, the money that I spent <laughs> on uh, on marketing, you know, I could have used those money to have translated the book myself. Yeah. So in that way, it was in retrospective light. It was not the best decision, but I gained a lot of knowledge. Uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, that was in 19. And then we came to 2020. And actually, my bacon business was going quite well in Denmark. I was uh, starting to sell to a lot of hotels and restaurants. And then I, uh, then Corona came. <laughs> it just destroyed my business yeah. uh, and I don't know what you did in the US but in Denmark we sat at home yeah. uh, watching press releases about what's happening in the world and in Denmark and all the new curfews and stuff and uh, my girlfriend and I we sat and we drank some gin and tonic and ate some bacon you know enjoying life in our couch yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> so why not start a restaurant you know why not go and make a full Monty bacon restaurant? Uh, and, uh, yeah. And then I had, I know, um, uh, I knew a guy who had a place in my uh, town, Hellerslo, that uh, could be transformed to a restaurant. Uh, and then we started that process in, I think it was April 2020. And in October 2020, we were ready. To go for the restaurant, and at the, before we started, we say, "Yeah, that Corona, that will probably just be, uh, you know, a couple of months, then it's over." <laughs> but then you start up a restaurant, and you have all the curfews and lockdowns and all of that. But we managed to get through. Also, you know, as an uh, as I'm educated as an auditor, I like you know spreadsheet and keep a budget, focus on cost and all of that. Uh, so we went through the Corona and it came on the other side. So that was good. And uh, it, uh, I don't know how the restaurant business is in Denmark, but it, it takes some time before you get the regular customers and all the attention comes in. Uh, mm -hmm. Even though that it was a full-blown bacon restaurant, it, took some time but uh, now it's getting good up and running normally they say it takes four to five years to get a good business out of restaurant and uh, yeah it's probably right so but we manage now and it's going just going up so uh, so that's good and uh, just short uh, the restaurant was of course focusing on uh, bacon so i started out just making burgers and uh, some bacon tasting where you tasted five different kinds of bacon and then i had uh, four or five different kind of burgers uh, all with bacon of course <laughs> yes and uh, my take on on preparing food also what i do when i when i uh, produce bacon is that you have to do it from the from the ground and there's no shortcuts. That means that I bake my own buns, I make my own uh, mayos, uh, I uh, you know make my own pickles and so on. So all that I can do for my uh, all that I can do on my own from the bottom I do. Uh, 
Uh, oh, wow. So everything is self-contained. In, in yes. You're, you're doing it all unless you have to go outside. Yeah. And I would say that, uh, you know, French fries, I actually buy them. I don't make French fries my own because the industry for French fries, but I spend a lot of time looking into this. They are really sharp and they're really good at making a perfect French fry where you get the the, the, the crust and you mm -hmm. get the soft inner in the French fry. And uh, the crust have, to, in my opinion, a French fry has to be uh, crisp for a long time. It should not be like a, some do where it's just a potato that's going like this, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, but I also fry my French fries in uh, beef fat. Ah, uh -huh. a lot of uh, <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Uh, but then the, the restaurant also developed, so I have more items on the menu now. Also, so it's not only burgers; it's also a different kind of main courses where the bacon is. Uh, the main character, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, what is the name of the restaurant so that people can go uh, and check it out? It's my uh, middle name. Uh, you know, Oeman, Oeman, and uh, it's just written like O E O E M M A N D dot D K. So it's O E. I can write it in the chat. Yeah, yeah. If you got, can put it in the chat, absolutely. Yeah. So that's quite. Uh, so that is. Yeah, everything okay. is in Danish, of course. But as as we live in a world where you can get everything translated, so it's easy. Okay. So, so O E M A N D S dot D K. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. <clears throat> and uh, then, of course, was that here in, yeah, that was 2023. There I thought I will go again and try to get my book translated. I uh, I had a customer who, a Danish customer who actually sells books on Amazon uh, and write them in English. So she could translate my book. Okay. And we agreed that she should do that. And then at the same time, I will do a Kickstarter again. But the goal was much lower this time because I had some money that I earned up through the restaurant to to get all the, you know, the translation done. And also the, what's called uh, a girl who sets up everything, you know, in, in design, mm -hmm. set up the graphic and all of that, uh, everything. Um, so then I made a Kickstarter and it succeeded. That's good. Uh, and my plan was that uh, I will send the book directly from Amazon. You know, they have this print on demand where you, uh, where if somebody orders one book, then they just print one book and send it out. So that, and then they could send it out to uh, the whole world. So that's pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, but then after the Kickstarter, I was uh, aware that the quality of the book was not pretty good on print on demand uh, on Amazon. So I had to think how to, because I, I, I really have it bad if I have to disappoint people, if they get a crappy yeah. book you know, with 
with slothy paper or the colors are not good and it just falls apart. It was not. Uh... So I tried to figure out if I could get the book printed somewhere. And then I tried, of course, in the US, uh, I tried here in Europe. In the US, it was amazingly expensive. It was really crazy. Uh, I, I really tried a, a lot of uh, printing printing service, but it was so uh, so expensive. But then I uh, uh, I don't know, a factory from China. A lot of people get books uh, printed in in China. Uh, I get a contact there, but I was a little nervous about the quality and so. But it seems like it was a, a good place. And uh, the person that I was in contact with was really uh, uh, trustworthy in that way. Uh, it really shined true that they were really into it. And then I signed up and I get the book uh, printed in China and I get some shipped to Denmark and a lot shipped to an Amazon warehouse in the US. Uh, and Imagine how uh, nervous I was when, yeah. <laughs> just to see the, how the book was. But it turns out that it was uh, pretty good and uh, good quality. So that's good. Uh, yeah, it's like, like, like I said, it's, you know, the, 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 the covers, the binder, the pages yeah. are, not, are very nice. The yeah. colors are wonderful. Yeah. Ooh. Bacon shawarma and side dishes. Oh, oh my! That's, uh, that's a lot of good things. Oh, ultimately, oh, bacon parsley gravy and roasted potatoes. Oh. That's a typical Danish dish, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, man. Uh, very typical Danish dish. I think it's actually the national dish in Denmark. Yeah, and what what I do like also. Um, well, obviously, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but for yeah, the right. recipes themselves, um, each one has you, you know, you give the recipes and description and, you know, do it this way, you know, heat this, blah, 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 20 yeah. minutes, so and so. But then at the bottom of each recipe, you give a tip. Yeah. Of, you know, like I said, we're on the bacon, parsley, gravy, and the, this tip is. Serve the rest of the gravy in a small bowl to make sure there's plenty to go around. I suggest you make a double batch. It's dirt cheap, and you'll avoid the embarrassment of running out of gravy instead of cooking <laughs> the rye bread on a toaster, toasted in a pan with plenty of bacon grease and clarified butter. Yeah. That is a tip from the hot. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not just a standard... You know, have a little extra on the side, but it, yeah. you know, like you said, to avoid the embarrassment, you you throw the little jab in there. Yeah, that's you right. know, have some fun with it. In like I said, it comes from the heart. It's honest. It's passionate, and yeah. I love it. Like like I said, the tuna and bacon. Oh my god, chicken salad and bacon, Alan. Oh. My blood pressure just spiked. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and you have a good point there because when I wrote the book, I tried to get some personality in the book also where yeah. I try to ease up because a lot of recipe books are very straight 
forward and in my opinion it needs some yeah personality and some kind of humor also mm-hmm. uh, to get it smooth and also the thing that I also focused on when I when I made the book is to make it simple and easy to understand yeah. uh, I have some books that are really tough reading you know where it goes very scientific into the the curing process the the smoking process and also into uh, the dry aging project and and some of these processes i even had hard time to understand yeah. <laughs> some of it but but it uh, but it needs to come down on a level where where you can transform it on your own in your own home uh, very easy so you understand all the processes because when you understand the processes then it's easy to make bacon but also to go ahead and do whatever you want is it brisket or whatever whatever sausage but do you understand all these processes it's yeah. much easier to uh, to get ahead with other things so yeah. it's it of course it is a book about bacon but you can use all uh, this when I talk about curing and uh, smoking and dry aging on all other products also when you yeah. do uh, home smoking. So oh, it, yeah, it, it it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But I am going to go back because yeah. you said something that was very interesting when we, you were uh, describing the restaurant. You know, uh, you were talking about a bacon test, uh, bacon tasting. Yes. Of and you had, you know, you threw the example of five kinds of bacon. Yeah. I can How tell you what kinds I mean. of bacon are there. There's a lot. You know, uh, it all, you know, you have different kinds of breeds of pigs. Yeah. That's the first one. Then you have how the pig uh, lives their life. Is it in a stable or do they run free on the field? Mm-hmm. Uh, that has an impact on the on the composition of the meat and the fat, and also what the pig eat. We all know the the Spanish pig, uh, Petranegra. You know the the full hundred uh, percent Petranegra. They uh, eat a lot of uh, is it acorn? I think you know the nuts. They eat a lot of that. That gives a special flavor, and the breed is also very special because. The meat has a very good uh, marbling with fat also. Uh, so in that way, it really depends yeah, on the, on the breed of the pig and how they live. The other factor is also how they are slaughtered. Uh, if the pig is stressful, it can impact the meat. If the pig is exhausted, it will also impact the meat. So in my... Uh, book I also write that the best way that an animal can end its life is while it looking out the field everything is beautiful and then you shoot it in the back air it, it sounds brutal I'm sorry but it is oh, yeah it, it, it makes it sense is, it yeah. makes sense it uh, that's the way and then the, you can say the other part is the processing uh, of the meat like the curing uh, and the smoking and the dry aging Mm-hmm. All these three steps are important for what you get out of uh, in in the in the end result. Uh, then, of course, you can also add different kinds of spices 
to the meat when you cure it uh, to enhance. Uh, uh, yeah, you can get a lot of flavors out with different kinds of spices. Uh, you, I even made some with uh, with gin, the liquor gin. Uh, oh, wow. I made with uh, whiskey also. Oh. Uh, and I would say the whiskey, that was a success. I made it with an, uh, with an art bag uh, that's a very smoked uh, whiskey. And uh, I, I I don't drink so much whiskey, but, but I like it sometimes. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend, she doesn't like whiskey at all. And she hated the bacon. And then I know it was a success because it, then it tastes like uh, whiskey. Taste, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no, that's that's true. You know that you because if you play with certain flavors, (coughs) excuse me. Yeah. Um. Sometimes it doesn't after the cooking process, or you know, between baking, you know, you got the the curing process. Then you have the cooking process. You can lose a lot of that flavor that you're trying to introduce. Yeah, you know, same with any, any cooking. It's you know, especially with with in the barbecue world, you know, you take a you take a rub for example, any rub. Yeah, yeah, and you taste it out of the bottle, and you're going to yeah. get one flavor. Yeah, and you're going to cook with it in the cooking process, you know, and it's going to be a completely different flavor. You might love it out of the bottle, but yeah. hate it on the cooking process or you know, oh, it's very, it's beautiful out of the bottle, or oh, it comes across very salty yeah. um, after the cooking process. So that's that's interesting. But yeah, if if you can get keep that flavor, especially with the whiskey. So if yeah. someone who doesn't like whiskey doesn't like it because you yeah. you nailed the taste. That's you right. <laughs> you got and it. you say uh, about the five. Currently, it's been changing what kind of five different kinds of bacon people taste when they come into the restaurant okay. with uh, bacon tasting. Currently, um, uh, you know, the five different types, you start with one and then you go around. So the flavor intensifies you more you get around. Uh, the first one is what uh, it's made. It's raw bacon. It's made from the back of the pig so what you call uh, canadian bacon also okay uh, it's dry salted it's cold smoked and it's dry aged for about four months so then you get a kind of uh, ham taste and okay. just to uh, make clear as a, i'm a baconista who's a guy who's really uh, into bacon like it produce it and everything and in my world, I see the whole pig as bacon. So whatever I uh, produce from the pig, it's bacon. So uh, it's not necessarily, you know, like we have in the United States, you're going to have bacon, it's from the pork belt. Yeah, yeah, that's the normal. Really, you're really taking all the parts of the hog and pig yeah. and, and curing it bacon. So, okay. Yeah, and it's actually, uh, you know... Um, you can say that, of course, when you have the, the back of the bacon, like that's Canadian bacon. Uh, if you have the chin of the pig, that's uh, guanciale, the Italian way. And then you have, uh, with, where there's a lot of fat, that's uh, lardo, the Italian and Spanish kind, and uh, also different ways of producing the belly for bacon, how you do it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, but that was the first one. Then you taste this one, and then you get to the second bacon, 
which is uh, also a raw bacon, but but from uh, the breed, uh, the pig, it's a pig breed that's called Duroc, that's a kind of red, red pig. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a fatty pig also, but it has very good marbling. And then uh, it's dry, it's dry salted, uh, uh, cured only with salt, and then uh, cold smoked, and then uh, dry aids. But this one is dry aids for two months. And then you, uh, the taste is more of very silk and very smooth, and you can taste, yeah, like the pig, like kind of the umami, the salt, and a little bit of the smoke. Mm-hmm. And then the, the third one is also from the Duroc, but there I soft fried the bacon. And when I say soft fry, that is, you know, normally people like it when it's crisp bacon. But mm-hmm. before it gets crisp, it's soft fried. So it's a little bit, uh, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. how I like my bacon. And there, there you get the full taste out of it. You know, when, uh, when I spend so much time on uh, producing bacon, a lot of, uh, of taste and flavor is in the bacon. If you fry it very crisp, a lot of the flavor will disappear. As a good steak, if you uh, if you have a well done steak, it's destroyed in my world. And mm-hmm. it's the kind I see with bacon. So then, uh, as the third one there is the was soft fried bacon, you get uh, you can see how much it changes from the raw till it's soft-fried from the same pig and the same uh, kind of bacon. And the fourth kind of bacon is currently uh, a bacon where I added uh, black pepper. And uh, I figured out a couple years ago that black pepper is not just black pepper. I have, uh, there's two guys in Denmark who are really nerdy about uh, spices. Okay. My God, they're nerdy. They're nerdy. I'm nerdy about bacon. They're nerdy about spices. So we talk very well. It could be a match made in heaven, right? There. Yes. <laughs> and they're crazy. And they, they, and I tasted the black pepper that they gave me, and it was really good. Really good. It's lots more deep flavor, a lot of um, different kinds of aromas. It was just amazing. And then mm-hmm. I used it for bacon. Bacon and black pepper, that goes really well together. It's amazing. And then the the last one is bacon from uh, wild boar. Uh, you know, from the woods. So it's totally wild. And yeah. it has a really more very strong and, and gamey uh, taste. Yeah. But it, it it's amazing. It really, and it's not like they're getting a lot of bacon because there's so much taste in the bacon that they're getting that it really fills you up. Oh, wow. And, and, that's, and then uh, we also do a little trick when people eat the bacon. The three bacons that are soft fried, that's the Duroc bacon and the one with the black pepper and the last one with the wild boar, we say, take two fingers on your nose, put in a piece of bacon, chew three times, let go and chew again. And then you think that really odd. Uh, but you know, when you have a cold, you can't taste anything because yeah. your nose. And you do the same here. 
but when you let go, then the air comes in and it uh, it helps because a lot of uh, yeah what we taste is in the nose. I don't yeah. know what it's called in English. And in that way, you uh, you really get an explosive uh, moment, and that you can call bacon moments of happiness. You know. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. You can, you can also do that with uh, you know with whiskey or some yeah. other liquor. I, I don't think you can do it with vegetables, you know. I don't think that works, but yeah, uh, probably no. with no. <laughs> but but definitely bacon and whiskey for for sure that'll work, and that's interesting. So you said you're using the Duroc, you know, which yeah. is which is what we we get use a lot in in barbecue. The uh, one particular compart Duroc from the compart family, and yeah. uh, but like like you said, very fatty, very marbled. Yeah. Uh, um, which is what we, you know, in barbecue, that's what we're looking for is that fat content, the marbling <clears throat> for breaking down for moisture and added flavor and all that. But wow. Yeah, that's good. Wow. Bacon so, parent. I love it. And, and like I said, that soft fry, that's that's exactly how I like I, I like my bacon. It gives you know, a lot more taste, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like because you get the, the some that, you know, when they get it crispy, with bacon being crispy is right on that thin line of being burnt. Yes, you know. So if it's on the soft side, like you're saying, you're getting that that flavor and everything that's coming with how that particular piece was uh, was processed. Like you're saying, you're. Your, your your spices, your curing process, your drying processes, and drying times. On the drying times, I found very interesting. Yeah. Now, do you have a certain time you do? Like you you used a certain. I think it was you said four months. Yeah. You know, do you range? Because you know, a like do you have a base and a ceiling yeah. of your dry aging time. Yeah, it uh, first of all it depends on how thick the 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 bacon slab is, you know, the yeah. the, the pig slab. Uh, thicker it is, of course, it that takes some longer time. Uh, then it also, if you have to go nerdy, it depends on how much uh, fat and meat there's on the ratio of the fat and the meat. Then you can also add a layer in that uh, makes the dry aging uh, longer. If there is uh, the skin, the rind on the on the on the pig, and then also if there's a bone in, also then it also takes longer to dry age. There are disadvantages and advantages whatever you do. Of course the. The, the best is actually when you have the bone in and you have the rin on, everything, but then it has to probably be matured for three months before it's finished or four months. But if you pull those off, you can do it in, in less time. But if you have the bone in and the rin on, you can get a much more flavorful kind of bacon mm -hmm. because it kind of protects it and keeps the moisture more in. And... Uh, Another thing that's important when you do the dry aging is that you have the right climate. That is uh, the right temperature. I uh, have it about four degrees. That's mm -hmm. Celsius. 
I don't yep. know. It's in Fana, but it, it's under what they, you know, in the fridge. Yeah. Just a little bit under what the temperature is in the, in a home fridge. That's. Uh, I don't know what's in Fahrenheit. To... Maybe you oh, know. I have a trans- It's about forty-one. Yeah. Below forty-one Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you also, in a way, have to control the airflow in the dry aging chamber or the dry aging room, and the humidity also. If it's very moist. Uh, you get the risk that a lot of uh, microbes, not so wanted bacteria, will grow on the bacon. Mm-hmm. If it's too dry in there, it will not dry out correctly. Okay. So it's getting the right, uh, uh, yeah, airflow, like how much it blows with air inside the camber, and the temperature, and then the moisture. However, it's expensive to go out and uh, and invest in a, in a, in a, what's called in a, in a dry aging chamber or a dry aging room. So if you just have very good airflow, you can actually manage. But it you cannot do the dry aging for so many months, except if you are in Italy, where you in some places in the mountain have the perfect conditions for growing. A, for making charcuterie mm. and all of that, but it it is uh, you know I I like to control things and know what's going on, so yeah. therefore it gets a little bit scientific. But it's uh, it's it's actually easy when you get into it and know it. But of yeah. course, you can still produce very amazing bacon on your own with all uh, fancy uh, machines and stuff. It's not so rocket science, but if you want to go to next level and next level, of course, you yeah. will increase the amount of money you use. It's probably, <laughs> you know, Johnny, it's probably the same with barbecuing, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the same because I, yeah. I can go to a local grocery store and, you know, find a brisket, you know, that's, yeah. you know, because we got the, you know, the, the levels, you know, so select choice prime, select being the bottom, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I could go there and get it, you know, rather affordably. Yeah. Or I can go on I can go on the old interweb. Yeah. And you know, go to something, you know, one of the purveys, you know, I'll use Snake River Farms, for example, is the most probably the most well known. Yeah. And I'll go in there and order a, uh, you know, a, a gold wagyu. Yeah. And I'm starting, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars to three hundred dollars just for the one brisket. Oof. And it goes up depending on what size you want. Oh my! You God. know, and it, oh, it it it's wild. The prices here right now, Alan, yeah. are incredible. Which I was gonna bring up to you. Um. How are the prices, you know, to get your products over there? Are they still reasonable? Because we're going to run in this this particular year, and it has already started on the prices of our pork Yeah, are going through the roof mm-hmm. because 
government is getting involved and have passed some legislation on the um is it environment taxes or so because we have that in denmark also there's a lot of talk about there will come some a lot of uh, taxes in the farming industry that will of course increase the the cost of the of the meat uh, yeah in but with the legislation that they passed was the 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 sum of it is basically the living space for each animal now yeah. also on a on a pork farm pig farm that if the pig ha- if the one pig had you know 20 feet of a pen yeah they now need 40 feet okay yeah, and it's going it's not national it's state by state but a lot of the lot of obviously a lot of the the farm companies are saying well the heck with you i'm not shipping to your state huh so they can't get it you know i know california is one in particular just because i was listening to a show the other day and they were talking with a team from california and they're like i literally have to had to go out buy freezers Yeah. And then take a road trip to Las Vegas, to Nevada, to buy okay. their pork products <laughs> to bring back and freeze for their competition season because they're yeah. unable to get as much and as in the quality aspect as yeah. they would in the past because of this new legislation. So yeah. I, you know, I just didn't know if uh, they people were doing like the so in the end you're paying more yeah, yeah you know so is it are you guys running into that uh, i think the prices have been kind of stable you know for many years uh, but what i see also now is that uh, i was contacted by a guy who has uh, 100% stable free pigs and that in that sense the pigs live outside all the year Uh, and the price that he gave me was uh, a little bit more than what I pay for when I get a conventional pick. Mm-hmm. But the quality is much better here, much yeah. better. And uh, also a thing that, of course, increases the the cost for the meat is if you are small, like a consumer of your small production area, you cannot get any benefit of buying in large quantities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you you know, all the middlemen also has to uh, earn money all the way. But here mm-hmm. I'm, I'm buying directly from the farmer who has an set up with a slaughtery and they make it everything. So the middleman is kind of uh, away in that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It, it it depends. Uh, pro- probably you don't know. Don't you have a lot of small farmers also where you can go and buy maybe a half a pig or? Oh yeah, yeah. Or, we, we have the, lo- the local um, local farmers and things like that. And yeah, you know, in I guess the you know the price is reasonable. I yeah. guess it, it depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah, um, you know, someone like me. Who is always cooking something, you know, yeah. especially with the barbecue. Yeah. It 
it could it can be price savvy. Yeah. You buy, you know, a half a pig or a whole pig or you know a quarter of a cow, half a cow, yeah. you know, and have it processed that way to whatever cut you would like. Um but it's, it's sitting there trying to explain that to, to somebody else. How are you going to do It's like, okay, just go to the store. Yeah. <laughs> you go to the store, I'll go to the farm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're going to get the same stuff. Mine's going to be a little bit better. Yeah. You know, um, but, but, you know, it was, it was funny when you had said the, what they eat yeah. also. I use an example of that, that it's very, because people are like, oh, I can't really tell the difference, you know, for a grain fed versus a grass fed or, and I use the example of bear meat. What, bear? Bear, yeah. Ah, like a grizzly? Yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a very fatty meat, okay? Mm -hmm. But with the bear... The bear I've noticed the most of you can tell what they're eating. Um, if they're eating junk in whatever they can find in meat, that the the meat is very gamey. Yeah. Then the bears also eat a lot of blueberries yeah. and berries in general. Yeah. So if you find a bear that had eaten a lot eats a lot of blueberries you can literally see the difference in the fat and the meat uh -huh. that the the bear that's eaten the lot of the blueberries yeah the the meat is a lot darker and the fat actually takes on a bluish tint <laughs> and then when you cut it the the meat is is much sweeter uh, that it's makes sense. Very yeah. interesting, and I've only really found that um, in bear. But like I said, I I can understand what you were saying with the bacon. Yeah. You know, the diet of the pig has a lot to do with what you're gonna get in the end product. It is, and also uh, it's not that if you feed the pig apples for one week before it's slaughtered, that will not change anything. You know, it has to be a, a diet in, in in most of the pig's life before it actually matters. It's, a, you know, if you eat an apple, you will not taste like an apple, you know. It's, no. it, 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 it takes some time before exactly. it goes in. And then, of course, how much the the animal is uh, is outside and so. And probably the bear that just eating junk, it maybe lives back from a garbage container or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But but yes. Um, so when did the book finally come out? It came out. I have uh, two versions. I have the ebook on Kindle. Uh, and then the hardback that came out in it was shipped in was it in November or so to yeah start November to US and then it took about six to eight weeks so I think it came out uh, around Christmas to Amazon in the US okay uh, so it's probably 
there it went into the stock. Yeah. I think there end end December it came to Amazon uh, that way. But it uh, it my original plan was that the book when I had the Kickstarter in uh, May mid May to mid June in uh, 2023 and then it should go out to all the backers in August but it has to be postponed because I wanted to print the book myself instead to use this print on demand which actually mm-hmm. was much faster but uh, but uh, definitely it uh, I succeeded to get it oh, out yeah. so, so now yeah, now it's just all the marketing you know and get to people have to know that the book is there and I have to learn how Amazon works you know yeah many people probably think that if you put a product, on sale for Amazon, it just sells itself. But it's a very tough competition in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Amazon yeah. knows how to make money also. They are oh, not yeah. and, and especially with Amazon, with the, um, as far as it comes to books. Yeah. Because everyone thinks of Amazon now as the one stock shop anything in the world you could any product in the world you can think of you can get on amazon yeah correct but yeah. they need to remember that what amazon started out as was Which selling is, books yeah that's, that's right. what amazon was yeah. and just they they you know evolved over the years and you know saw the different doors open but you know as far as selling on amazon yeah, the toughest one is still the books because that's what the company was based off of. And there's a lot of books in there. Oh, oh my yeah. God, there's many. Oh, you can find and that, anything. Yeah, anything, you know. And it, I also noticed when I was uh, browsing all the different kinds of books in there and you can get preview. It's uh, there's Sadly, there's also a lot of bad quality books in there that... Uh, not because, you know, I don't think it's intentionally, but a lot of people think that they can just write something and then it just will sell itself. Uh, mm-hmm. And it seems like there's a lot. And it also follows a lot of Facebook groups and uh, other stuff also on, uh, let's call it, is it Reddit. And I see a lot of people also complaining that the market is overwhelming with like bad quality books and it's hard to figure out what's good and bad so it it gets a little bad reputation also there yeah. and people are really who mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is a, but it is a tough market uh, but i'm trying you know i'm i'm learning some new stuff about doing marketing on amazon and uh, yeah that's yeah, definitely well like like i said as far as your book goes like i said it's bacon moments and happiness yeah, and, you know, which is the perfect title. But like, like you said, you know, you being the Baconista, you know, and everything, just the passion and the love for yeah. bacon, and the like you said, the science of it. You have yeah. you've incorporated all the aspects. Yeah, you know, from cover to cover on it. You know, obviously in the beginning of the book, you know, I'm looking here. Um, Types of bacon flavors, you know, you have the scents, 
So, yeah. you know, smoky, sweet, nutty, you know, aromas, texture, you know, and then, you know, the next section you'll have the go, you dive deep into the pig itself. Yeah. And, you know, I'll see. I don't know how it's going to come across, but you have a description yeah. of all the breeds. And not all. I think there's uh, more than 800 different kind of breeds, but, yeah. you know, the, the kind of normal that people the know. The main ones, you know, yeah. you've got the wild boar, the Danish black, the Duroc, you know, the Danish pink pig, you know, all, all that. And, you know, you, you, you know, you even break down into, you know, animal welfare and, yeah. you know, proper ways and, and, you know, then you start getting into the curing process and methods and, you know, dry brining and sugars and temperatures, yeah. um, you know, and you, you even have, you know, uh, I'm trying to spin around, cure, like a cure, curing times. Yes. And times, uh, you know, yeah. you're, you're giving it all. I'm giving it all away, you know. Giving it, it all, all the information, and you know, and even right here, for instance, smoke aroma for of wood species. Yeah, you know, and you have the 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 charts itself, and cold smoke versus hot, and you know, it's different temperatures of what you were trying to do. You know, preservation, taste experience, humidity. You know, you dive into all of it. Yeah. And then you start getting into all the recipes. And, you yeah. know, oh, it's, I, I can't, I can't describe it. It's, you know, because this, this one section is, you know, I think you refer to it as like the quirky. Um, yeah. That's a, uh, yeah. I think that, when I when I wrote the book, I thought to figure out what's important about bacon and what need to know. Uh, of, for instance, I don't have anything about history of bacon because it's the past. Now it's interesting to know what where we are now. Yeah. And then of course uh, the pick, the breed, and all of that. And then uh, how the curing process, the smoking, and the dry aging more scientific i go into the not scientific but i break it all down and then there's a chapter become your own baconista where yes. i break it further down so how you can do it at home easily and then it comes uh, to yeah the part where i have some classic and quirky types of bacon different kinds of bacon that i produce with different kinds of spices or from uh, different kinds of picks. And then I also have what I call a sensory experience with uh, 16 different picks that I produce bacon from. Yeah. Uh, uh, picks and farmers where all those uh, different kind of bacon has their own unique flavor and story to tell in a short way. So you don't have to read a novel about each, you know, but very short description and then i go into all the recipes and yeah cut your bacon right is just uh, one thing that i'm really into cut it right or not so right it sounds strange but yeah. you know when you cut a when you cut some beef 
when you cut against the strange. Yeah. You know, against you have to cut your yeah, cut it right in order to make it chewy. The same issue is with bacon when you have a slap that you have to okay. cut it right. But it, even though that if you don't cut it right, you will get a more chewy experience because you know when you it's more chewy when you don't cut it right. So it's, uh, so there's a uh, yeah. And then just go deeps into uh, recipes, and of course I have uh, end the book with uh, bacon and booze, <laughs> where I pair some bacon with some liquor, beer, gin, and whiskey. Of course, <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I agree. It's just uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, yeah. It's uh, like I said, folks. This, this book, it's been a long time coming. Um, I'm glad it has finally arrived. Uh, you know, the, the recipes themselves are... You're going to have your classic, you know, uses of bacon. In, in some of the recipes, obviously, you know, you know, a bacon burger and yeah, as a classic, but also try to twist it a little bit. Yeah. You know, uh, you know there's a, just right here a pasta, bacon, cheese, and umami egg yolk yeah. recipe. Uh, what else is he? You know, chicken, meatballs, white nutmeg sauce, and bacon. You know, different everything. You know, I saw, I forget where the hell it was. You know, you had a, um, you know, a ramen recipe with bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that you was. Know, a... You got a, you got a tart flambe. It, it's, it, 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 it covers you so much, of you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, the pairings with, uh, yeah. you know, with the alcohols and, you know, different things. And <clears throat> Alan, you did a superb job. Tremendous. Thank you. Thank you. Tremendous, and it's it's great. It's a beautiful book. It feels good. It looks good. Um, you know, because that's another part of it. Also, is the yeah. actual feel. I agree. You know, and like you were saying earlier, of a you know a cheaper or not high higher quality. You know, like you said, you feel the quality of of the paper. Yeah. You feel the quality of the binding in the in the cover. Um, it's it's beautiful all the way around, and I, I couldn't be happier for you, brother. That's good to hear. <laughs> Thank you. And it has to, you know, if you have a passion, if you really have a passion for something, it, it in my opinion, you should not cut any edges. It mm -hmm. has to be when so people when they read the book, they can feel the passion behind, and hopefully also get some knowledge about that bacon is not just bacon, you know. There's a lot about, there's a lot around bacon. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what you have in, yeah, you probably, you have a lot of uh, small bacon producers in U.S. probably also. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you, go to, you go to the store and... Um... There's a lot of brands, or yeah, a lot of brands. There's an entire wall at the grocery store of you know what you can get, you know, yeah. brand A, B, C, one, two, three, yeah. uh, 
you know, thin cut, thick cut, um, maple smoke, hickory smoke. You know, it, it's it's actually confusing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but it's like, ooh, okay, you know. Yeah, but yeah. then you look. Yeah. And then, and I, like I said, you know, you said you, you had, when you were starting just before the restaurant, you know, going to the local markets or farmer's market shops, things like that. Yeah. You know, I love going to those too, just to taste the wares. Yeah. You know, because you can find that, you know, like when you were doing it, you know, an up and comer, it's like, yes, yours is more expensive. Yeah. But it's going to be a higher quality. And, and it's, you know, all depends on what you're looking at because a lot of us, you know, yeah, price becomes a major issue, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. But, for a quality product, and you know it's going to be quality and consistent, it's worth spending that extra little bit on something like that, you know. And you know, you could you can figure out the the price saver on on another end of it. Yeah, I agree. And it's not like you have to. You know, every day go expensive for food, but if you just sometimes give yourself this uh, experience, it doesn't have to be my bacon, but also, as you mentioned, or some baigu, or just sometimes mm -hmm. get some extra to feel that you're actually alive, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, uh, good tasting there. So I agree. And that that's the beautiful thing about all these small farmers that we also have in Denmark. They all produce some pretty good stuff, you know. Uh, if you have the small one, all the big ones, they are, of course, it's a standardized product all the way, and it has to be produced fast and quick in order to keep it cost effective, also. But uh, where the small farmers are more thinking about making a good product, and then they take the price afterwards, you know. Oh, beautiful. Um... Let me see if I had anything else. Yeah. It was, you know, there was so much you could do, but it, like I said, it, from from where we where we started and got introduced, you know, to back in nineteen, and now being twenty four, it's uh, like I said, a long time coming. Um, I can't imagine the. You know, the ups and downs you've had through the whole process, uh, you know, between excitements and heartbreaks and, you know, and then, like we said, when COVID hit and no one knew what that was going to entail because they're saying, oh, yeah. two weeks and, yeah. you know, two weeks lasted two years. It's yeah. like, you know, to be able to finally have it out, uh, you get the translation done so you have it in English also. And everything the for uh, you know fighting for the quality and all, it's uh, but it's, it's like uh, yeah. But if you just keep... moments of happiness, yeah, it can't be better. I That's agree. Can't be better. <laughs> no, and it's just you know if you just keep fighting, you know, keep uh, taking day one day by yeah the day next day and so on. It just. You will just get out on the other side, hopefully happy. And yeah, be honest, it's probably not a, it's not something that I'm a millionaire on this, <laughs> you know, but in 
generally in life, you know, I have a good life because yeah. I love what I'm doing. And uh, that's for me, that's of, of course rewarding. Absolutely. That's all that matters. As long as you love what you're doing. Yeah. Nothing's better. Yeah, it doesn't. It's a, I have a wonderful life. So it's beautiful. beautiful, my friend. Beautiful, my friend. Well, like I said, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I'm, I'm glad we were able to get a, get the scheduling right. Because, yeah. um, uh, like I said before, when we you were on, we me and it was still me and Mike. Yeah, we were at the studio, and you know, yeah. some things came by that uh, end of last year that I I had to leave the studio. Yeah, so to do something like this schedule wise is actually a lot easier. It is. Yeah. You know, because it's like, okay, you know, you were at three o'clock your time, nine o'clock in the morning here. Perfect. Yeah. No problem. You yeah. know, we were able to get it done. And uh, just where can everybody, just so we have it all covered, where can everybody find you uh, social media wise uh, websites? Obviously the book is available also on Amazon. Yeah. I think the, I think I have, I can show you having a Facebook and Instagram. That's a good question. Or maybe there's actually, I have one page that is uh, just dedicated to my book. Baconista.dk. Beautiful. So we had the restaurant and the Baconista. And beautiful and everything. Also have, uh, oh, okay. Instagram, but I can't remember. Maybe it's oh yeah. And an Instagram, of course. I'm not on TikTok. I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, they're, they're, I'm still trying to figure all that crap out. <laughs> yeah, so many social things that it's uh, beautiful. A lot. Yeah, beautiful, oh. sir. But like I said, thank you so much. It was awesome. Uh, can't wait to try a bunch of these recipes out. You know, it's bacon. What's not to love? It will not go wrong. I tell you, not go wrong. Beautiful, my friend. Well, thank you so much. Uh, let me close this in. Hang on one second. I'll jump back in with you. Yeah. Um, there we go, guys. Like I said, at least, you know, 19, 20, three, three, four years in the making. You know, a lot of struggles went in, but he, you know, kept the, you know, stayed in the lane, kept on moving forward, uh, started the restaurant. So that was another plus. Yeah. Um, Check the book out. You will not be disappointed because, like you said, moments of happiness comes into one word, bacon. 
Yeah. It's the perfect <laughs> name, folks. But yeah, yeah, hit that up on Amazon. Check it out. Um, I thank Alan again for uh, for joining us again and uh, and everything he's done. Because we all know, you know, we we love the science aspects and the deep diving on everything. So, you know, his him sharing his expertise and his knowledge, you know, can't thank him enough. Um, tomorrow night. So, obviously, this is Monday. So, tomorrow night, we're going to do our pre, uh, pre-Houston Livestock Rodeo. Uh, round table show, uh, you know, to the fat fest, if you will, uh, figure out when everyone's getting in a couple of the plans and, you know, going over to, uh, everything, Houston rodeo barbecue competition. So that'll be tomorrow night. Um, I'm thinking earlier, six thirty, seven o'clock, because I don't want to run into, uh, brother Bill. And Greg's and everybody's shows at nine o'clock, uh, but gives us enough time to shoot the shit and have some fun. But that'll be that. That's tomorrow. Uh, we'll be flying out Wednesday, back Sunday. Next Monday, the 26th, Jess Priles, Hardcore Carnivore, will be joining me. Um, perfect timing because at Wild Houston, We'll get to uh, try her new line of sausage uh, that she has at uh, HEB. So be excited to check that out. But uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, keep, in keep looking on for notifications. I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, content from the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Um, doing a lot of interviews on Thursday with a lot of the pitmasters and everybody down there. So, uh, you know, just keep the alerts on, and uh, I'm going to blow up your phone in the next week or so. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, keep the smoke rolling.